God who gloried in his weakness and I wish that I could be more like him and less like me am I to blame for what I'm not or is pain the way God teaches me to grow I need to know when does the thorn become a blessing when does the pain become a friend when does the weakness make me stronger when does my faith make me whole again i want to feel his arms around me in the middle Blessing in the thorn. I've heard it said the strength of Christ is perfect in my weakness, and the more that I go through, the more I prove this promise true. His love will go to any lengths. It reaches even now to where I am. But tell me once again, when does the thorn become a blessing? When does the pain become a friend? When does the weakness Again. I want to feel his arms around me in the middle of my raging storm so that I can see the blessing and the thorn. Lord, I have to ask you on the cross you suffered through was there a time you ever doubted when you what you already knew when does my thorn become a blessing when does my pain become a friend when does my weakness make me stronger when does my faith fill me once again I want to feel your arms around me in the middle of my raging storm so that I can see the blessing and the thorn. Oh, I want to see the blessing in the thorn.
Amen. Amen. Remain standing, grab your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Hadn't it been wonderful to be in the Lord's house this morning? <clears throat> There's anything worth standing up for, it's the Word of God. I'm glad when generations pass and popular things pass and the way of thinking and theologies and philosophies and all of that come and go. The Word of God has been here. It has already stood the test of time. It has survived when nothing else has. And if it's done it to this point, it's going to keep on doing it. And so I'm thankful for the Word of God this morning. Acts chapter 12 and verse 20. Acts 12 and verse 20. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god and not a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghosts. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. You may be seated. I want to preach to you this morning on the subject of self-righteousness. Self-righteousness means to be convinced of one's own righteousness, especially in contrast with the actions and beliefs of others. It is amazing how we uh, tend to look at others to justify ourselves and make us look in a way and a manner that somehow, some way, that we are above others. Child of God, it does not matter how long you've been saved. It's never right to become self-righteous. The Pharisees' biggest problem is they were hung up on their own righteousness to the point that they could never see the righteousness of Christ. And as long as you're dependent upon your own righteousness, you'll never depend upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is not our righteousness that impresses God, but it is the righteousness of His Son Jesus that impresses Him today. You will not ever receive the merit of God at your own works, but it is at the finished work of Jesus Christ that we are received into the Beloved, that we are received into fellowship with God. If we are going to boast of anybody today, let us boast about Jesus. If we're going to talk about anybody being good or being high or being smart or being great, I tell you what, we ought to brag on Jesus. We ought to lift Him up. We ought to shout Him everywhere we go because no matter how good man is, man will never reach the pinnacle of being who Jesus Christ has been to us. May, may I tell you today, Jesus is righteous. Jesus is pure. Jesus is holy. Child of God, we should never put ourselves in a position, in a place that we become self-righteous in our life. But I think if we were all honest this morning, we've all had those moments. 
Every one of us this morning, we have those moments of, of self-righteousness. We are thinking higher of, our, of ourselves than what we ought to. And we're boosting ourselves and boasting ourselves above others and above the church and, and other Christians and other people in the world. May I tell you, it's never right to be self-righteous. Self-righteousness is a sin. It is a sin that will harm your relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to hold your place there and look in Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. I want to think about some things that self-righteousness produces. Proverbs chapter 12. And in verse 5, the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. Self-righteousness produce self-justification. Isn't it amazing when we become self-righteous how we can justify everything that we do? Isn't it amazing when we get so high on ourselves that we can give any kind of excuse to justify what we're doing? Friend, if it's not right according to thus saith the Lord, we don't need to be doing it. And we don't need to try to justify our sin. Self-righteousness will lead us to a life of justifying everything that we do and trying to make everything we do okay when God's already said it's not okay. Don't argue with God and don't justify your sin. Don't justify a sinful lifestyle. Look in Proverbs 20. Look in Proverbs 20. And in verse 6. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Self-righteousness produces self-proclamation. You know, a man or a woman that becomes self-righteous, you don't ever have to promote them because they're going to promote themselves. They're going to proclaim to the entire world of how good of a singer they are or how good of a Christian they are or how good of a teacher they are. And I've learned the hard way, don't you ever promote yourself. Let God promote you. Let God lift you up. It's amazing to me when we become self-righteous, we are always proclaiming self rather than proclaiming the name of Jesus. So many times, look at me, look at me, look at me in our service. Friends, serving God should never be that way. Our service should have the, have the mentality, look at Jesus through me. Look at God and look at what He's doing. Don't proclaim yourself well, bless God, proclaim Jesus. Proclaim Jesus. Look in Proverbs 30. Proverbs chapter 30. In verse 12, there's the generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Not only does self-righteousness produce self-justification, self-proclamation, but self-purification. Man, I'm clean, preacher. Man, I'm living right, preacher. Self-righteousness gets us to the point and place that when you're sitting in the sermon, you're thinking, boy, I hope Carl Dean's listening to that sermon. Boy, he needs it. I don't need it, but he does. Man, I'm glad he showed up. Preacher, man, you preached a good sermon, but oh, so-and-so needed that. I hope they put it on Facebook so I can tell oh, so-and-so to listen to that sermon because they needed that. It's amazing to me how many times that we become so self-righteous that we even act like that there's not sin in our life. And in fact, John said, if you say that you have no sin, you're a liar. 
And the truth is not in you. Self-righteousness leads us to a place that we justify everything that we do to the point in place that everything we're doing is right. And we will argue with everybody and God Himself that, you know what, I'm right. I don't care what anybody says. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. There's one right, and it's God. And if you're right according to thus saith the Lord, then you're right. But don't you proclaim that. Don't you justify it. You let the Word of God do that for you. You let the Word of God do that for you. Now I want you to look back to your text this morning. In the book of Acts chapter 12. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I want to point out some signs of self-righteousness. Number one, Herod desired the seat of authority. Self-righteous people love positions of authority. When we become self-righteous, we love to be placed in a position of power or authority. I want you to look in verse 20. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed a royal apparel, sat upon his throne, and made an oration unto them. Herod had great power over other people. It is amazing when we become self-righteous how we desire to have power over others. We want others to listen to us. We want others to respond to us. We want to be the final seat of authority. Now listen, in the church... God has an order. In the home, God has an order. In society, God has an order. God puts people in position and places of authority. But even those that are allowed to be in those positions of authority should never take it to a place where we enjoy the power over other people. Herod had all of this power over all these people to the point in place that they relied upon him. And he had all of this power and the power went to his head. As a pastor of a church, it is easy to allow the power to go to my head. But as a pastor, I must understand that the power that I have was not just given to me by anybody, but is given to me and entrusted with me by God. And God entrusted us to be in these positions of authority. But there's times in our ministry, in our life, and in our jobs that we boast ourselves above other people to the point and place that we enjoy having the authority over others. That we always get to the place that we're pointing here and pointing there, do this, do this, do this, to the point and place that we're not letting God do that to us. Well, you can't tell me what to do. I've got the power. <laughs> Don't you tell me. Y'all ever done that? Yeah? Boy, y'all are quiet this morning. Yeah. We love the power. Child of God, there's a place in our life that we must understand that all power is in heaven. And we are operating under the power of Jesus Christ. Don't ever let power go to your head. Don't ever let the authority or the position or the right go to your head. Because though we may be given a little power, understand that Jesus has all power. He has all power. And we must look and rely upon His power. 
Herod enjoyed having power over the people. Herod enjoyed using his power to destroy other people. He boosted himself up to the point and place that it was all about him and everybody underneath him he didn't care about. It's amazing when we get in this position of authority that the self-righteousness leads us to a place that we no longer care about the good for others. It's all about me. Me, 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 me. As long as I'm on top and everybody else is on the bottom, that's all that matters. I want you to go back to the first few verses of this chapter and we'll put this uh, in context. I want you to go back to Acts 12 verse 1. It said, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four corners of, of quarantines of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. And so he killed an apostle, James. He has imprisoned Peter with the intention of killing him. I'm glad that Herod could not get his hands on Peter. Amen. If you know the rest of the story, the church began to pray. And while Herod had a lot of power, remember God has all power, and he intended to harm Christians. He intended to kill the pastor and the preacher, Peter. But he couldn't touch him because God took care of him. And he got him out of prison. And now here he is sitting in this power, desiring others to suffer while he wanted success. That should not be in the heart of a child of God. It ought to break your heart to see others suffer. It ought to break you down to see other people get in the place that they're suffering from things in life. If you're not compassionate, then you are self-righteous. And may I just say sometimes that we are so concerned about our own life that a lot of times we don't care about any else, anybody else's life. We get to the point and place that we are so selfish and self-centered on me, 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 me that we don't care about anybody else. Child of God, that's not a Christian this morning. That's not how a child of God is supposed to live their life. Not only did he enjoy using his power to destroy other people, but he enjoyed others having to depend upon him. I want you to look in our text there. And it said in verse 20, uh, Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sodom, but they came and one accord to him, having made blasphemous the king's chamberlain, their friend desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. Now, instead of Herod allowing enough food to go out to all the land, he wanted those people to be so dependent upon him to the point and place that they had to enter into the presence to get enough food and water to feed their families. And may I tell you that this self-righteous man enjoyed that. He enjoyed having others to have to depend upon Him. Understand this, child of God. If we put ourselves in a position where others are having to depend upon us, we're wrong. Because nobody should depend upon us. But we ought to depend upon Jesus. Because here's the problem. If you boost yourself to the point and place that others have to depend on you, you're going to let them down. People say, well, you're the preacher. Well, I'm still a sinner, folks. Well, man, you're the pastor of promised land. Who gives a flip? Huh. Amen? He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
But man, you're, you're the preacher and you're supposed to be righteous. I'm not righteous, folks. But there's one who is. And His name is Jesus. And as you come to this place, I don't want you coming in here and depending upon me or Brother Paul to woo you and to get you in some kind of emotion. I prayed this morning, Brother Paul, as we prayed together, that when people left here, that they would be in awe of God. That they would come and see God and that they would depend upon Him. I don't want ever to have a ministry where people depend upon me or anybody else because this thing is so much bigger than me, folks. It's about Him. It's about Him. Not only did He desire the seat of authority, but He desired the seat of assessment. Look in verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed a royal peril, sat upon His throne and made an oration unto them. And so... He made this throne and he sat upon it. What was the purpose of this? To judge others. It is amazing that when we become self-righteous, how we love to sit in the seat of assessment. We're so high and lifted up that we're looking out. We're saying, I can't believe Brother Paul's doing this. I can't believe that Miss Denise is doing this. Miss Denise is wrong. Brother Frank's wrong. Isn't it amazing when we get self-righteous how judgmental we become? And we get ourselves in this place to think that this man placed himself to the point of judgment that he could judge all of the land and all of the people. I want you to hold your place there and look with me in Matthew chapter 7. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 7. In verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eyes, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how will thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thine own eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite. Whew. Jesus said, Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the moat of thy brother's eye. Notice a few things that he did here. Number one, uh, in verse one, he said, Judge not that ye be not judged. Jesus denied men the right to judge others. We have no right to judge other people. To judge means one who decides, one who pronounces final judgment. Now, we know right from wrong by the Word of God, right? But it is, it is right to look at people in the eyes of the Word of God. If we find somebody that is not living in the principles of the Word of God, there is nothing wrong with going to that brother and sister and saying, listen, here's the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says. What do most people do? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. And at the end of the day, we're not judging but we love our brother and sister to the point and place that we're telling them how to live according to thus saith the Lord. But to the point and place, man, they're so filthy, they're so wrong, they don't have a point or a place in that church, they ain't got no business going to that church, you have no idea how wrong they are. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you have that mindset this morning, you might as well get up and get out of here. Because I'm telling you, if you knew half what this preacher done, you wouldn't want this preacher as a preacher. 
the reality of it is it's not our job to judge one another to the point and place that we are casting judgment and this, this sentencing upon them. Boy, I tell you, old Bull Wells, he's so filthy, he's going to go to hell for that. We say it all the time. Man, they can't be forgiven. You're not God, and praise God for it. Whoo, man. Well, I'll tell you what, they ain't got no place at promised land. Yes, they do. If they're a sinner, they got a place here. And if you're so self-righteous that you think sinners ain't got a place here, you may need to leave. Because this place is meant for sinners to hear the Word of God. And I don't want us to become so self-righteous that we put on our suit and we sit in our pew and we look down our nose. And, well, there's old so-and-so and there's old so-and-so. Do you know what they did last weekend? Well, you want to open up your closet this morning? <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and open it all up. That's why Jesus said, judge not. Judge not. Do you know why He can judge us? Because He's perfect. You know why only Jesus can judge mankind? Because everything that we have broken and done wrong, He did it right. And every judgment that you cast upon somebody, you've done the same thing and even worse. You've done even worse. Notice what He said in verse 2. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. Whew. Well, I'll tell you what, Carl Dean ought to be doing this. Well, if you can live by it, I ought to be able to live by it too. And isn't it amazing the judgment and the standards we give people we can't live by it ourselves? The Pharisees took Jesus and they said, Jesus, you got to do this, 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 and this, and this. And may I say he fulfilled every jot and tittle of everything that they asked him of according to the Levitical law. But ne'er one of them. Y'all like that, don't you, rednecks? Nary one. Nary one could keep all the laws of the Old Testament. Not one of them. And they said, well, you've got to do this. They couldn't do it themselves. But Jesus did. Child of God, if you judge, you better get ready to be held to that same standard. You get ready to be held to the same standard that you're holding everybody else to. But not only did Jesus warn that the same judgment would be cast, but Jesus declared that all men are declared guilty. Notice verse 3, Why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? When you get self-righteous, you get nitpicky. Did you see what Miss B was wearing this morning? I just can't believe. I just cannot believe that Brother Paul would, would say something like that. And then we walk out of here talking like a sailor, putting on clothes we ain't got no business wearing. <laughs> you know? Yes, Brother Paul's not perfect. If his wife was here, she'd amen that this morning. I'm not perfect. My wife's not in here, she'd amen it too. But neither are you. And child of God, we've got to understand something. Every one of us are sinners. Well, preacher, I've been saved 50 years. Well, you ain't in heaven yet. <laughs> so get off your soapbox and get off your pedestal and understand there ain't but one that is perfect. And above all, and that's Jesus. 
And oh, if we live life to the point and place that me and everybody else is on the same level playing field. But there's one above all, and that's Him. And there's only one that is worthy to be above all, and that's Jesus. Well, they're homosexuals, but they can be forgiven. Oh, they're drunkards, but God can take it from them. But they're drug addicts, preacher. Bless God, God can take it from them this morning. Man, I'm telling you, isn't God good? He's holy. He's high. He's lifted up. We're all down here. And He's up yonder. And the lower we put ourselves, the higher we make Him in our life. Oh, man, what a mighty God we serve. Look back in our text. Here, desired the seed of attention. He loved the authority. He loved the assessment. And he loved the attention. Look at me. Self-righteous people. We've all been here. I'm, I'm there a lot of times. We love attention. Notice verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod, he made this big day where everybody could come to him. Why? To exalt these countries? No, but to exalt him. He had a day that was all about people coming to beg him of these things. He said he arrayed in royal peril. I'm telling you, he put on the finest of the finest. And I'm telling you, he sat there upon that throne all dignified and glorified. And man, he boosted himself up and said, look at me. Everybody came to him. Oh, Herod, oh, Herod, oh, Herod. Let me tell you something, people. Don't you be in all of anybody today. You be in all of Jesus. And there he came. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And he spoke with great authority. And he, man, I'm telling you, he was sophisticated. I can't even spell that, but he's sophisticated. He had this big fancy language. He impressed the people. They fell down and they said, oh, this is like a God. This is like a God. Look at him. There's times people come out and they say, oh, preacher, man, you, 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 man you're the best preacher. Man, you're going to be the next Billy Graham. Boy, look at me. Boy, God knows how to lower us down in a hurry, doesn't he? I'll never forget Spring Hill, Louisiana. I was filling in there. This woman every Sunday come out and said, one day, preacher, you're going to be like Billy Graham. Billy Graham, I'm telling you, she boosted me up. Man, I was on my high horse. I said, look at me, I'm the next Billy Graham. I was dumb enough to think that. One Sunday, I stopped by there. I was filling in somewhere else, and a friend of mine was preaching, and I heard the woman come out and said, Old preacher, you're going to be the next Billy Graham. <laughs> Woo! Let the air out of my balloon. Don't we enjoy that sometimes? Oh, Brother Paul, you got a voice. Man, man wonderful. Man, you're the best singer that I've ever heard. Man, uh, Miss Jennifer, you're just great. Boy, Miss Dana, you play that piano. And oh, man, Cathead, you can play that guitar. And oh, B-Buddy, you can play that harmonica. And man, and uh, thank God for that encouragement. But if you ever say, okay, I try hard. I like it. I do my best. And you button your little button and you walk out and say, look at me. Buddy, if somebody encourages you enough to thank you for what you're doing, you give all the glory to God. 
And you say, when they come out and they say, oh, what a sermon. You say, to him be all the honor and glory. When somebody comes out bragging, Brother Paul, oh, what a song. It all goes to God. It all goes to God. Don't you steal his glory. Herod learned the hard way, didn't he? Immediately. You better watch out, folks. Don't you steal his glory. Look at me. Look at me. Child of God, we shouldn't live our life like that. We should live our life. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. He's perfect. He's holy. He's kind. He's lovely. He's precious. He's forgiving. He's not bitter, praise the Lord. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. The beginning, the end, the first, and the last. He was here when there was nothing. And He'll be here when there's nothing left. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. There's nobody above Him. But everybody's under Him. Look at Him. Child of God, we ought to live our life every day. Look at Him. When you rely upon your righteousness, you deprive yourself of leaning upon His righteousness. And the life that we live should not be based upon our goodness or our good walk, but should be based upon His goodness and the walk that He's already walked. Whew, hadn't He been good? Your very best in the eyes of God is as filthy rags. Your best doesn't impress God, but Jesus' best impressed God. So don't you live and, and go to church and, and operate and serve on the function of what you can do for Him and what you can bring and what you can do and what you can give in His name. But do it all about Him. And the goodness He's already lived out. Friend, I have nothing to offer but myself. And child of God, we must get to the place that we lose ourselves of self-righteousness. That it's not, God, I can do this for you or I can do this. God's not asking for your talents, but He's asking for you. Amen. He called me to preach. I said, God, I'm dumber than a bag of rocks. There's no way I can be a preacher. When Moses went to God and said, I can't do it, I was the same way. And let me tell you something. God said, I'm not asking for your, your speech. I'm not asking for your wisdom. I'm asking you to give yourself to me. And you let my goodness be shine through your life. Whew. God's good, folks. He's righteous. He's holy. He's loving. May I tell you that His glory remains forever. I want you to look at this and we're going to be done. Verse 24. But the Word of God grew and multiplied. God's kingdom is going to grow with you or without you. God has a way of getting you out of the way if you're trying to steal His place and His thunder and His glory. God has a way of getting us out of the way. But you remember this. His kingdom's going to keep on going. With you or without you. 
This whole spiritual life and this whole church operation is not based upon one person. It's not based upon one man or one ministry or one family. We do not operate in the mindset that if we don't have this family, we can't do it. We don't have this family. Let me tell you something. If I mess up, God can get me out of the way. And if He can use me, He can use a monkey. Y'all hear me? And if I'm not doing His will, He'll get me out of the way and He'll find another monkey. And He'll bring in and use Him. This ain't mine, but it's His. And when you operate, you remember it's all about Him. Man, I'm glad He uses me. I'm glad that He allows me to serve Him. Child of God, maybe you've been living life to the point and place that it's all about you. And as I read this story of Herod, I think we've all been guilty of being there at times where we love that authority and that assessment. We love that attention. But child of God, you remember why you got in this. You got in this thing called the spiritual life because you wasn't good enough. But He was. So you live every day on the fact that I may not can make it on my goodness and my righteousness, but I can on His. You know what that means? That even when I'm not right, He's right. Even when I'm bad, He's good. Even when everything is wrong, He makes everything right. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Child of God, maybe it's just time to lose yourself this morning. You, you just put yourself up on that pedal. That church couldn't do it without me. Yeah, we can. I'm sorry, you're good and great, but we can. But we can't without Him. And everything we do, we're looking at Jesus. Brother, whoever, <laughs> sing that Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, which you sang earlier. Boy, what a mighty name. What an exalted name. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved, would you come and be saved? Child of God, maybe you need to get to these altars.